Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I am Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and with me is the driving force of this podcast, Mr. Kenneth Vogt. In these sessions, we'll hear mostly from Ken on principles that will help shape you for a happier and more successful career. And along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. Today, we are discussing how to hotwire your to-do list for maximum progress. Okay, Ken, tell us all about it. All right. So today, we're going to talk about a matrix. A matrix that only has two factors. That is, things that are urgent and things that are important. And to, so you can picture this um, where important is on the y-axis and urgent is on the x-axis and it ends up creating four quadrants so either some you know something is either urgent or it's not and it's either important or it's not so you can have four combinations of that you can have something that is urgent and important you can have something that is important but not urgent you can have something that is urgent but not important and finally you can have something that is neither urgent nor important and the fact is if you look at your to-do list for any given day you're probably going to see all four of those quadrants um, represented and <laughs> so you got to figure out well how do I how do I prioritize what I'm going to do any given day any given week any given month and you can use this matrix to decide what should show up where and you can also use it to decide whether or not something should even stay on the list and and there's lots of ways to to deal with your to-do list some of it comes down to you know managing your own time but some of it comes down to to uh well maybe it's tasks that i personally shouldn't do but i should delegate or i should ask for help with um and when I say delegate, I mean, that can be to, to a subordinate, but it, you can delegate up too. You can delegate something to your boss if it's appropriate, um, or, or it can be a lateral move to, to a colleague. You know, so that there's, there's lots of ways to look at that stuff. Um, but it, it may shake out a little different than you imagine, um, because 
when you at first blush, you might think urgent and important. Well, if something's urgent, it must be important. No, no, not at all. You know, a three-year-old tugging at your pant leg is urgent, but is it important? Almost certainly not. <laughs> you know, um, so you have to you have to look at things and see them clearly for what they are. So to do that, the first thing we probably need to do is to define what is urgent and what is important. So when something is urgent, the way you'll know it's because uh, first off, it, are, it requires immediate attention. It is screaming for something to be done right now. And it generally involves short-term thinking. And as a result, it involves suboptimal decision-making because it's just, it's demanding is, is what's going on. It's generally less significant compared to long-term goals because it's just about right now. And things that are happening right now can, can go away very, very quickly and vaporize in, in value very quickly. And finally, if it's urgent, it's time sensitive and the time duration is usually short. That is, it's, you know, you have to do it in the next 20 minutes. You have to do it today. It has to be done this week. You know, whatever is, whatever you're considering is short term for this particular task or, or, or item. So these are the things that describe something that's urgent. Well, how does that differ from something that's important? Okay, well, something that's important requires initiative and it requires proactiveness. So it, it goes a little more in depth. It's not, it's not that it's screaming for attention right now, but it is, but it's, it's going to require quality attention. Something that's important involves dedicated focused time to do quality work. Some urgent things that you do, you can do practically on autopilot. You know, when you, when you change lanes, you automatically just put on your turn signal. You don't even think about it. Well, at least some of you do. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, there are a lot of activities like that where um, if it's important, you have to think about it. You got to get engaged with it. You can't have something else going on at the same time that's drawing your attention away. It needs your full focus. Um, important things... Um, they engage long-term strategic thinking. So it's not just about the moment. And when I say strategic thinking, I mean, it might not be just a knee-jerk reaction. You, you may have to coordinate it with other things. It, it, it may require a, a change in focus. And you know, again, this is, this is about what it makes to make something important. And finally, if it's important, it'll have a large impact on success. And when I talk about success, I'm talking about long-term success. I'm talking about success of the project, success of your career. You know, it's stuff that's a big deal that, that will ultimately matter to a large extent whether or not you succeed. So those are, those are the differences between something that's urgent and important. Now, you probably noticed in that conversation that these things aren't mutually exclusive. It isn't that it's either urgent or important. Things can be both. 
or it can be just one of them, or it can be more of one of them. Um, so when I, when I say we divide this into quadrants, that is not to say that there aren't continuums on both the x-axis and the y-axis. There are. Some things are vitally important and other things are kind of important. Some things are, are screaming urgency and others are just naggingly urgent. You know, so you still gotta you still gotta factor it in as to where things land for you. But we're gonna break it down into these four quadrants, not because they are the end all and be all truth of the matter, but because they're practical and it'll help you get a get an idea of what to do with these things that are on your list. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these quadrants in a certain order, and I'm doing it on on purpose this way, because you'll see how just because something is landing in a certain quadrant doesn't mean it needs to stay there. And in fact, it might be valuable to move it into a different quadrant by choice. So it does come down to to how you assess things. You know, again, with that that three year old tugging on your pants leg it's urgent to the three-year-old, but it might not be urgent to you. And we've all seen, we've all seen this with a, with a mother that's got a little kid at her knee and, and the kid's really screaming for attention and the mother doesn't seem to even notice because it's urgent to the child, but it's not urgent to the, to the mother. <laughs> so you do get to, you get to have your own views about these things. And, but it is noteworthy that other people might view it different. So you may have people that are insisting that something is important because it's urgent to them. Um, or you might have people that are insisting that something is important that, that you believe is not important. It means you're going to have to communicate perhaps with others about these things and get on the same page. But um, it, it will impact where you choose, what quadrant you choose to put it in. Now, if your boss is insisting something is important and you cannot sway them otherwise, well, you're probably going to need to treat it as important, even if you don't agree. So, you know, just something to think about there. So the category that would seem to, to demand the most attention, the, the quadrant, would be what we'll call quadrant one, which is something that is both important and urgent. And it would seem like, well, yeah, that my whole to-do list every day, that should be what's on it. Things that are important and urgent. But consider this, if things are important and urgent, I'm going to suggest that you should reduce the number of things that are there. And I'm going to suggest you reduce them for a couple of reasons. One is because that leads for a really, really stressful day. Now, if you're an emergency room doctor, stress, a stressful day is normal. <laughs> but chances are in the lab, that's not exactly how you want it to be. And if things are falling in this quadrant, it's because they're in crisis and you'll find yourself in crisis management all the time because things are urgent and important. Um, what you want to do is you want to try and move those items into, into quadrant two, which is a quadrant where things are important, but not urgent. So what's the difference? Same tasks. Why would something be important and urgent, and why might it be important but not urgent? Well, the only difference is timing. Did you get in front of things? Did you deal with it before it got urgent? Because in many cases, 
the fact that something is urgent isn't because an emergency popped up. It's because you failed to deal with it before this. You could have dealt with this thing that's still important. It hasn't changed in importance, but you could have dealt with it before it got urgent. And if you had done that, things would be less stressful. Now, the beauty of dealing with things that are when they're important but not urgent is because you can be more strategic about it. You can plan, you know, uh, but to do that, you, it, it requires initiative. You got to you got to make things happen before urgency puts a gun to your head. You know, it's it's a matter of it's a matter of demand. You know, if you only do things when you're pressured to, when you're forced to, you are introducing a lot of stress into your into your own schedule. So you can get around that by dealing with things sooner. Now, at the beginning, that's that's going to take a little bit of commitment because if you're sitting there with a to-do list or most things are important and urgent, you get all that pressure there, and now I'm supposed to do things that are important and not urgent? Now I'm going to add that to my list? I'm like, well, you got there because you didn't add that to the list before. So yes, at the beginning, you're going to have to knuckle under a little, and you're going to have to get ahead of the curve. And don't don't kid yourself that that's not possible. Because, I mean, it, it seems like, oh, it's just impossible. I, there's no way I can do everything. Well, you know what? You still have the things that are important and urgent on your list, and and you manage to do those. So start realizing you've made it important and urgent to move things to the quadrant that is important but not urgent. So it's the, it's the same pressure, nothing's changed. But if you start to if you start to make the moves and you get something out there, it gets easier. Your 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 quadrant 1 work will lessen. And then if you get something else out there, it gets easier again. So you'll find a lot less stress in your normal schedule. And you'll find you're getting important things done. And and that feels good. You know, when something is important and urgent, yes, of course, it feels good to get it done. But it feels more mature to do things that are important and not urgent. You're going to feel more capable, more responsible. And that is a very, very good feeling. If you're not accustomed to having that feeling, you're you're missing out. (laughs) Get in the zone where you feel like you're ahead of the curve and you're going to feel so much better. Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. So now, now let's talk about things that are not important. Should you never do things that are not important? Well, that's not exactly true because sometimes things are urgent and not important. What you can do with those things, though, is go, okay, this does need to be done. It's, it's, it's calling for attention. But is it the best use of my time? Well, if it's not important, and I'm saying not important for you to do, well, 
then see if you can get it done by somebody else. And it might, it might just be a matter of asking for help. And I know for a lot of folks, that's a hard thing to do. I don't like to ask for help, but understand this is about getting the most strategic benefit, uh, whether that's for your personal career or for the project that you're working on or for the lab that you're in, you know, the group that you have. All of them can benefit by this. You, If you're spending time doing things that are urgent but not important, it will take away from the things in quadrant one and quadrant two, which are important and urgent and important and not urgent. In other words, you won't do as much important stuff. And you should. And sometimes you just, it isn't so much asking your boss to do it for you, but asking your boss to take it off of you. You know, they, they may well assign it to somebody else. And it might make more sense because it might actually be important for somebody else. Now, if it's important for them, well, then they're going to need to take it on. Now, there are times when, when you're going to get assigned things that for you are urgent but not important, but they are important for other people. And being aware that it's important for someone else is useful. And, you know, then you can make a decision about that. You can make a choice. Well, even though this isn't that important to me, it is important to my colleague, to my boss, even to my subordinate, you know, and if it's going to make someone else's life easier and it's going to, it's going to advance them in some fashion, that may well be worth worth the cost of doing it. It's just don't spend all your time there doing things that are urgent but not important for you or you're just not going to get anywhere. And delegation is probably your your best answer to getting out of having a lot of those tasks. Now we're all going to have those. You know, it's it's stuff's going to pop up and somebody else is going to be in a panic to get to have something and you know, you're going to, you're going to take one for the team. You're going to do something to benefit the other person because, you know, that that's a, a favor that may well be returned one day and it's worthwhile. You're going to do something that'll make your boss look good. It's great. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with doing those things that some people would consider politics, <laughs> but, you know, keep, keep in mind that the word politics has the same root word as the word policy. So, if it's your policy to be helpful to other people, to to be useful to your boss, that's that's beneficial to you. So it can kind of move something into the into the realm of being important. <laughs> All right. So the fourth quadrant is the quadrant where things are neither important nor urgent. If you have something on your list that is not important and not urgent. You need to be asking yourself, why is this still on my to-do list? You got to declutter that. And by the way, there is probably an answer to that why question. And the answer often is because it's easy, because it's familiar. And sometimes I just need need a simple task where I can check the box and feel like I accomplished something. That is not great motivation. When you can check the box that you've done something important, it is so much better than just checking the box because you did something. So you, know, you, you really want to declutter 
your to-do list of those kind of things. Get rid of them. If they're not supporting the the mission and the goals of, of your lab, if they're not advancing your career, if they're not helping your group, if they're not aiding the project, uh, just you got to get rid of them. You got to speak up. And sometimes you have those things because they've been assigned to you. Well, if something like that has been assigned to you, you have got to speak up for yourself. You got to say, hey, why am I doing this? You know, you want me to do X, but we have so-and-so to do X. And I, it doesn't need to be me. Um, or we shouldn't be doing X at all, ever. Nope. And even so-and-so shouldn't be doing X because it's a waste of time. Or it's a waste of resources, or we could be using them in a better fashion. Or, in in your own case, you know, my time would be better spent if I were doing this instead of that. You know, so you can make the case to yourself, obviously, but you can also make the case to to a boss or to a project lead or a PI or whoever, you know, whoever is that is advancing something. And and a lot of this comes down to just getting clarity about what's the strategy and what's the objective here. And getting everybody on the same page. Um, communication is going to matter when it comes to these quadrants. Because at some point, you may argue that something's not important. And someone will argue back that it is important. And they'll make the case. Well, now then you'll have to change how you look at it. Sometimes people will argue about urgency because they're just high strung. <laughs> and everything looks urgent to them. Well, maybe you can calm them down on that. Or maybe you're the high-strung one. Maybe you're calling too many things urgent that aren't actually urgent. So it is important that you're, that the assessment you make of the importance of something and the assessment you make of the urgency of something is accurate. And that's up to you. So, so these are the four quadrants. If you find you can get more stuff into quadrant two where things are important and not urgent, you're going to have a much better career. You're going to have a much better year, a much better week, a much better day <laughs> if you can live there. There's nothing wrong with urgent and important that that happens. Um, it's just a little more stressful. And it's okay to have some things that are urgent but not important if it's advancing something valuable to yourself or somebody who's important to you. And it's never okay to be doing things that are neither important nor urgent. They're a waste of your time. You are you are pretending you're being productive if you do stuff like that and try to pat yourself on the back for it. So, you know, save yourself from that. And save yourself from, from telling others that you're accomplishing things by doing things that are neither important nor urgent because you know what? They'll notice. They will realize all you do is busy work. You're not actually doing anything that's advancing the, the mission of the operation of the project of the lab or, or whatever group you're in. So, so that's the, that's the rundown on how to hotwire your to-do list for maximum progress. So what do you think, Nick? So plug it into quadrant two. That's what to do. <laughs> <laughs> your quote, your, uh, your to-do list. That's quite interesting. So if you look at it from what you're doing in the lab on a day-to-day -day basis, then the things that are important are the things that move your research forward, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so anything that's not important is things that doesn't, you know, doesn't move your research forward. It's stuff that, you know, is either expendable or, you know, 
it doesn't you know doesn't necessarily contribute to the main thing of of uh, getting more results, figuring out what they mean, publishing, getting funding, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically you're you're looking at it's quite funny that this aligns with the quite well with that the Pareto principle mm -hmm. you know the you most of the uh, most of the benefit comes from 20% of the work you do and um and so try and do more of that 20% which is basically yeah, about yeah, what you're trying to do is says that you get 80% of the value from 20% of the work from 20% of the work yeah yeah although present um Current research says it's actually a way more than that. So, so in other words, you might get and what we learned ninety percent of the benefit from ten percent of the tasks, or you might get ninety five percent of the business from five percent of the tasks. You know that that's so. I mean, it's really powerful. Yeah. And so that so so that one way to look at that is that most of the stuff you're doing is not in quadrant two. Right. You know, most Probably of, not. Most of the stuff that people do, that people do, is not in quadrant two, and well, I mean, that's also going to be about execution as well in right. quadrant two. You know, if you're looking at experiments and so on. Well, but but, but it goes to it's show quite that interesting. If yep. you're spending your time, a lot of your time in quadrant one, well, yep. you can get far more productive by moving things to quadrant two. If you're spending a lot of your time in quadrant three, you're probably not getting anything much done. And if you're spending time in quadrant four, you're you're a waste of oxygen. You know, you know, so, you, know you gotta look at you know, that's where you are, but you can see the if you move from quadrant four to quadrant three, you still moved up. You know, if you go from three to one, you moved up. But you know, one to two is the best. Probably, probably should it not be quadrant one and quadrant two swapped? I thought about that as I was saying it, but it's like this is this is kind of an established thing. So, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, we break it. We'll, but again, you want to get into quadrant two, so you want to be spending most of your time doing, you know, uh, calmly planning experiments, not rushing them, mm -hmm. calmly setting them up, calmly doing them, calmly processing the results or or noting the results. Well, yeah, this, this true too for you know how you, for designing experience or even choosing experiments, whether you should or should exactly. not do a particular experiment. Well, yeah, but one thing you don't want to do is you know, you don't want to do an unimportant experiment, one that doesn't move things forward. But you also right. don't want to do an important experiment and rush and rush it mm -hmm. because then you know, what's the point? That then you're much less likely to have a, a success. Yeah, um, urgency introduces problems. So if you're if you're experiencing urgency, it's kind of a warning signal. It's I mean, it doesn't mean it's a disaster, but it but it still puts things at risk. Yeah, I, and, and I say that as a person who lives in quadrant one, <laughs> and it's not a good thing, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> it's it's a it's a, it's an addiction, and uh, you know you get He's too hard to on himself. It and yeah, on himself, folks. He, he he has lived in quadrant one. He's doing better. <laughs> I'm a bit better, but I tend to be attracted like a moth to a flame to quadrant one. <laughs> well, yeah, urgency um, screams yeah. for attention. You know, it's yeah. it's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, but again, yeah. if you're in that 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 quadrant one where you're rushing everything, 
or mm-hmm. your um you, you know there's no i mean the other this this feeds into so many topics like uh you know taking time to sit back and just look at what you're doing or, or not not do anything or important and not urgent is rest time mm-hmm. you know and is contemplation time and is planning time and is slow setup time and is discussing time you know uh, you know it's 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 all in there and quadrants one to four one one three and four will eat that all of that and oh yeah in, in the in that either unproductive when you're at the bottom of that list or or quadrant three and four or stressed out and making mistakes in quadrant one you know so and by the way if you're hearing this by audio and you're thinking i can't keep it straight it'll be in the show notes so it's all laid out and written in a simple format uh, yeah you may find that that quadrant two doesn't it doesn't arise organically you 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 pretty much have to make quadrant two a reality. Quadrant one will arise by itself. Quadrant three will arise by itself. And quadrant four will arise by itself. But number two, you got to make it happen. But if you bother to make it happen, your everything gets, gets better. You get more clarity. You accomplish more. You will expend less energy for the, for the valuable output you get. So it, it's worth... It's worth making the commitment to it. So that so that is the take home message: is to stay focused on creating space for important tasks to be tackled in a non urgent way. Exactly. Great. I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> as usual. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Ken, for that. So, as Ken said, the show notes for uh for the show um will show that the quad will give you a quadrant uh diagram that you can use to refer uh to but you can use to refer maybe you want to go back and listen to what ken said there um you can find the the show notes at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist and go to episode 54 and it will be on that page and uh, the other thing to say is that we uh, have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club. Over there, you can find us, hook up with us, ask us questions and um, tell us how, how you're doing in the, in the four quadrants and adhering to the four quadrants. So we'd, we'd love to see you over there. So it just leaves me to say thank you, Ken, for a, another great episode. And good luck to everyone in hot wiring their to-do list. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now 
and check the show notes to download.